4. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season, blesses that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If the Lord will be my helper this morning, I'll give you some things from the Word of God about hypocrites and a little bit of study of hypocrites. But I want to preach to you if the Lord will help me on the distinction between the deceived and the deceivers. For those who have never experienced and truly and honestly experienced the new birth, you will have an eternity in the eternal lake of fire. God's word's true and God's not going to change his mind. It doesn't make any difference how many churches you join or how many times you're baptized. If you've never really experienced the new birth, you will go to hell. But there will be varying degrees of punishment in the lake of fire. Now, I know I've taught that and I've preached that subject here in this pulpit. And I know that many of you understand that this morning. And that different varying punishments in that eternal lake of fire is based on men and women's enlightenment. How much do you really know? How much do you really understand? I'll talk to you for a minute on the subject of the deceived and the deceiver. By simple definition this morning, the word hypocrite simply means a play actor. It's someone who assumes a role in a play or in a drama. But a closer consideration, the definition goes somewhat deeper than that. It's deeper than someone who pretends to be something they're not. Religious hypocrites this morning are those who profess beliefs and feelings and virtues that they do not have or possess. The world that we live in is full of religious hypocrites this morning. Folks who declare and profess that they have certain feelings toward God and there are things in their life, they're pious, they're religious and they go about the rigor of religious activity and they do not know God. I was studying some while back, there's a, a precious book of dying testimonies of those who were saved and some unsaved. And there was one particular dying testimony. We've lost this idea in the society that we live in when people are about to die. They're pumped full of drugs and they're in such a state that you don't know very much about what's going on when they die. But many years ago that was not the case. 
And there was one true story and account that a preacher gave of a family that he tried to love and he tried to minister to. And he realized that family was very pious and very religious, but they did not know God. They were of a different denomination. Their pastor didn't preach the truth of the Word of God. And there was a young woman who was about to die. And she was so pious and so religious that on her deathbed, as their family gathered around, many of the relatives would come in and they would tell very much about a person's soul by what happened in their dying moments. And this young lady was so pious that she literally had her family and her friends to bring her burial shroud and let her hold it and rub it on her face and talk about when that burial shroud was draped over her lifeless corpse, how she'd be on a street of gold and in the presence of God. Well, this pastor, this this preacher, this man of God knew that was not so. But he watched to the bitter end as this family and their religious rigor tried so hard to make it look like everything was alright. This young woman gave certain of her possessions away. There came a time as people watched in a peaceful slumber as that young woman closed her eyes and rested. What they did not know and what they did not understand that she had not died, but she had gone into a mild coma. And while she lay there, the pastor of her church that did not preach a godly gospel and preach the truth of the new birth and what it is to be born of the Spirit of God came in to go through his religious routine. And all of a sudden, the eyewitnesses said that as if she had just stepped out of the flames of an eternal burning hell, the young woman jumped straight up in the bed, looked at that preacher, and said, Thou deceiver of men. It's such in the day that we live in, I see individuals that are so hypocritical that they would be willing to face God in judgment, in their When they're not all right. This morning there's a tremendous difference in being deceived and being a deceiver. A true hypocrite this morning is not only one who pretends to be something they're not. But ultimately a hypocrite does so with the intent of covering up what they really are. This morning, I'm not so ignorant that I don't understand there are people in this world, yea, maybe even people in this church that hate my guts. And I see folks from time to time, and they'll put on their hypocrite smile, and they'll shake my hand and act like everything's all right. And me and God in heaven knowing that everything's not all right. But people can be so hypocritical, and a true hypocrite not only puts on a face to act like everything's all right, but their intention ultimately is to not allow you to discover what's really on their inside. There are a lot of individuals sitting in this building today who spent many religious years as members of a Baptist church, as lost as Hogan's Goat. A lot of you were, but you were absolutely, positively, uncircumstantially, dogmatically, wholeheartedly convinced you were right. Amen. 
And you were not a hypocrite. You were deceived. That's where I was. For 13 years with my name on a church roll, I was not a hypocrite. I believed with all my heart I was okay. I was absolutely convinced that I was right. And let me explain to you this morning that dead in trespasses and sins, the unregenerate soulless man could only respond to human heart and the human intellect and what it says. The Word of God says the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their food. Foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. How do you tell a dead man he's dead? How do you go out in this graveyard and convince somebody under the ground they're dead? You can't. But Hebrews chapter 4 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And the preached word of God in the anointed power of the Holy Ghost of God has the power to reach down and touch a dead man or a dead woman and show them the condition they stand up. I believe it's Mark chapter 5. Jairus, a leader of the temple, was there and he came to the Lord Jesus and he spoke to him and he said, my daughter, he said, my daughter's already dead, but if you'd just come, I believe you could help her. The Lord Jesus came in. They laughed him to scorn. But the Lord Jesus walked in the room where she was, took his hand and laid it on that little girl and said, Talitha kumai, which is to say, damsel, arise. Guess what she did? She got up out of that bed that day. Why? Because the power of the Word of God is resurrection power. And many individuals said in the church, deceived by religion, deceived by devils and doctrines of devils. But the Word of God and the Holy Ghost can set you free. Amen. This morning, there's a tremendous difference in being deceived and being a deceiver. There are two reasons this morning that we want to study the subject of hypocrites. Number one is so you'll recognize them when you see them and you will not be destroyed by them. Number two is to reprove you so you will not become one. I'll give you four or five things real quick this morning about the hypocrite and hypocrisy. Number one is the path of the hypocrite. Hypocrites were not always hypocrites. They became hypocrites. Five times in Matthew chapter number 23, the Lord Jesus Christ refers to religious hypocrites as being blind. Men play the part so well. They play it so long and they fool so many that over a process of time, the hypocrite literally convinces himself that what he says he is, he is. To the point that one day he would willingly argue with God. 
From Genesis to Revelation, God's Word teaches this one simple principle that light rejected is light removed. Do you understand what I'm saying? For a man to be able to stay lost, he must resist the drawing power of the Holy Ghost of God. There's a drawing power in the truth of God. That's why some of you have witnessed some folks that are just plain, ordinary, lost, everyday sinners. But for some reason or another, they're drawn to that that's real. There's so little that's real in this world. I've watched some teenagers. They're not saved. I don't know whether they'll ever get saved or not. But they've been drawn to people that they know is real. Because there is a drawing power to the truth of God's Word. There's a drawing power in the Holy Ghost of God. And you see that? And I'll tell you this morning, Satan will gladly embolden you and empower you and help you to resist the truth of God. And then once God's removed his holy self and his call, individuals may totally be given over to hypocrisy. When a man's given over to hypocrisy, you don't know God and you can't find God. And the only thing you have left to do is pretend you know God. I've talked about the path of hypocrisy. There's a pain of hypocrisy this morning. The pain of hypocrisy is reserved for those great pretenders who say they have great peace, but with no witness of the Holy Spirit of God live in a tormented, twisted, secret life filled with vain religious busyness that could never fill the chasm and emptiness in their soul. The pain of hypocrisy is reserved for those pretenders who say they have joy, but they have no joy. They have no semblance of the true joy of God, even to the point when they get around someone or are confronted with someone who truly has the joy of the Lord. They despise them. Some of you wonder, since you got saved, why people don't like you the way you think they ought to like you. Because they don't have what you got. And they despise that in their heart. Oh yeah, I know that's true. I know that's right. The Word of God's said over in the book of Timothy, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. It's an amazing thing to me that occasionally I come across people, my wife's noticed this, other people have noticed this, I've got relatives, there's people in churches, I know pastors' wives that would turn around and turn their back to me to keep from looking at me and they despise me because they know deep down in their heart they don't have what they say they have and they despise people who do really have it. Then I want you to look this morning. I'm going to tell you, you won't get in trouble, Brother James, if you stick to what the Word of God says. The poison of hypocrisy. Proverbs chapter number 11 and verse number 9 says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Matthew 23 and 13 says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against me. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. And with his mouth a hypocrite will stand in the way of others that might otherwise have gotten saved. But they've listened to the poison in the tongue and the lies of those that are hypocrites who say they know God but they do not 
bag of sugar. I'm telling you, your tongue can be poison. Luke eleven forty four. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are as graves which appear not. And men that walk over them are not aware of them. Men who become true hypocrites are so demonically infested that they're so believable to the simple-minded. They're simple-minded men and women that think the hypocrites are spiritual. Right. It's all over. Those who talk too much, and I'll just give you this. This is another sermon for another day, but those who talk too much are either number one, spiritually immature, or number two, full of the devil. James chapter 3 verse 6 says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire of hell. Verse 8 says, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Do you know you can poison somebody with your words? You ever heard of character assassination? Boy, I tell you what, God didn't set me and you up as the judge. God did set me up as the pastor. And God told me there's some things I need to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. And there's some things that I have a responsibility to stand up and tell you. But you don't have a responsibility to go whispering around behind everybody's back trying to figure everybody out who's lost and who's saved and who's right and who's wrong and who's this and who's that. Your tongue's poison. Then I want to look quickly at the pride of the hypocrites in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. The Word of God said, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do. Matthew 6, 2. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. The Word of God teaches in the pride of hypocrisy that hypocrites need to be stroked. They need to be recognized and they need to be glorified for their wonderful works. A real hypocrite would gladly sacrifice life and limb for the cause of Christ as long as they can be seen doing it. Right. As long as they can be recognized for what they've done and somebody sees them and understands what a great sacrifice they've made and what they've been through. I know a church in the western United States today and all you ever hear out of them is belly aching and whining about how hard we've had it, how we're persecuted and all of this mess. And I'll tell you what it is, it's hypocrisy. Right. You'll find that hypocrites love to suffer as long as they get to tell you about it and get credit for it. I find today that a lot of hypocrites are hypochondriacs. You ever notice that? That's somebody that doesn't make any difference how sick you are, they're sicker. You say, I got a corn on my big toe. They say, I got bunions big enough. He said, boy, I believe I'm coming down with a cold. They say, I'm about dead with the flu. (laughs) I'm telling you, that's hypocritical. And people learn that mess, and it gets in them, and it's what they are. I've got a buddy who lives down the road. And he worked with a man, and this man 
worked around these women all the time at where he worked. And he said this fellow was such a hypochondriac, there's always something the matter with him all the time. He loved to complain about his problems. And he said, I walked by a water fountain one day and he said, Gene said, you got a goodie powder or BC or something? He said, uh, I believe I do. You got a headache? That man said, no. He said, my ovaries is killing me. <laughs> You don't have to look far. You see it in the church. You don't have to look far. You see folks that have martyr syndrome. And they're so spiritual and they've done so much. And they want you to know how they've suffered and what they've been through. But I'm telling you, they're hypocrites this morning. And it is not real. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 5. The pride of the hypocrites. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam that's in thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. And hypocrites this morning are always wanting to straighten somebody else out. It's amazing how they've got x-ray vision when it comes to finding other people's problems. But when they look in the mirror, they just can't get her focused. I see that all the time. I mean, folks want to come up and, and they're so spiritual, it's always a prayer request. Yeah. Now, preacher, I'm not talking about anybody, and I'm not meaning to gossip. Yeah. But I've got a prayer request. And that preacher, now, I went, now, now, preacher, I'm just telling you this. Now, I'm not gossiping, and, but we need to pray about this. This is serious because this family's having this problem and this trouble, and I believe I know what the problem is. And, preacher, there ain't no use to say nothing to nobody else because I've called later ten people, and I've got them praying too. <laughs> Amen. You see, they want to straighten everybody out. Matthew 7, verse 6. And he answered and said unto them, Well, hath he says, prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know how you can tell a hypocrite this morning they got the wrong spirit? But I'll tell you why it's important. Now, one reason it's important for you, child of God, to walk humbly with the Holy Ghost of God. Get in your secret place. Get along with God and feel that surge from another world and experience that tug from another world and hear the voice of the tender Holy Ghost of God. When you get around somebody else, you'll know who's doing the talking. If you spend enough time talking with God and somebody opens their mouth, it ain't God. You'll know it. Right. Amen. I believe that's right. they got a false spirit. And lastly, this morning, you see the portion of the hypocrites. Job chapter 27, verse number 8. The Word of God says, For what is the hope of the hypocrite? Though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul. Back where it started in Matthew twenty four fifty one, And shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody in this building knows that I, I used to make my living playing music. And I remember... You do what you got to do to make money, and I was working in a music store. I, I couldn't get lined up for a root canal or stomach flu, so I was teaching music. And I'd still rather have the stomach flu than teach music. 
And I was in that music store and been teaching, and I was behind the counter one day, and there was a precious young man walked in the store. He had that look. I mean, I don't know if he was Leonard Skinner or Led Zeppelin or who he was, but he had that look. And he come in, and he began to talk to me about this bass guitar. And I already knew that everything we had was high-class children's toys. It wasn't real instruments. And he loved that guitar so good, and he had lined up somebody to be the drummer, and somebody else was the lead guitar player, and he was singing lead and playing the bass, and they was getting together this band, and they was going to tour this, and they was going to do this, and they was going to do that. And I'm just listening. This little old boy got ready to leave, and he made a step toward the door and he kind of stuttered and waited and stammered just a minute and turned around and said, by the way, do you give bass lessons? <laughs> you know what? There's a whole lot of folks act real spiritual today and they don't even know God. Amen. Do not know God. And it's alright this morning if you want to pretend to be a rock star you go ahead. If you won't pretend to be Elvis, you go right ahead. You ain't going to go to hell for that. But I'm going to tell you where you're going to wind up. When you pretend and you play like everything's all right, when everything ain't all right. There's folks sitting in here this morning. This ain't the first time God spoke to you. This is not new to you. God's been dealing with you maybe for days, maybe for weeks, maybe for months. But it ain't the first time you've had that nagging gnawing in your gut. And God's trying to tell you this morning and the preacher's trying to tell you that you keep saying no to the Holy Ghost of God and one day God will turn His back on you and there'll be nothing left for you except to play the game and pretend till the day you go to hell. This morning, do you know that you know that your heart's tender and open before God? You have a willingness before God now, there's folks that sit in this building this morning, and you've been very honest. Time again, you'll raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not right with God. Would you pray for me? You're not the one in the greatest danger this morning. It's folks that in their heart, God has spoke to them in that still small voice and said something ain't right. And over and over again, you've shrugged it off, and the Holy Ghost says something, something's just not right. And then it progresses to one day that you really realize deep down in your heart something is wrong. And God spoke to you and spoke to you and He continues to speak to you and you continue to say no. And one day light rejected will be light removed. And the Word of God said He would appoint Him His portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This morning, if there's anything that bothers me, that breaks my heart, I cannot stand to hear weeping and wailing. I'll never forget when I was a kid, there was a small child that was ran over by a work truck about a half a mile above my mama's house. And me and Mike York walked up to the top of the hill. We saw the ambulance go by, and we knew if an ambulance went by on our street, it was going somewhere where we knew. We walked up there and they'd taken that precious little child. They'd covered him and his lifeless body up in a white blanket. And they'd put him on that stretcher and put him inside that ambulance. And I never will forget, if I live to be a thousand, God gives me mind, I'll never forget. 
his little seven or eight year old sister standing behind that ambulance beating with her fist on that ambulance door screaming let my brother out that's on my heart and my mind and it will not go away but that is nothing this morning compared to what's going to take place one day when people who said under the anointed gospel knew there was a savior that loved you that was willing to change your life and you go to hell for the pew of Flint Hill Baptist Church the word of God said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth it breaks my heart this morning I'm not mad at you Sometimes I get frustrated when I see hypocrites. Oh, I see them. I may not catch them all, but there's plenty I do catch. But it breaks my heart this morning, and I'm not mad at you. And I'm not making fun of you. I'm doing my best that my hands are clean before God knew. And at the great white throne judgment, I don't want your blood dripping from my hands. God spoke to you and told you, you ain't right. You said no long enough. What are you going to do about it this morning? Heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking.